Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self mastery. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Good, Nick. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, you know reaching out and having a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, when we first connected, uh, it was interesting to see the book that you have and what you've gotten into. And right off the bat, this is an episode about drinking, but not specifically like uh, drunk stories. Like I find that funny that show, drunk stories, where they like go through history, drunk history. That's a ticket. Yeah, yeah. But this is more or less about the habitual side of drinking. Like, I know we're going to get into all this, but I just want to lay that out up front for the audience. Like, this is a drinking episode. If you're currently drinking, listen. If you don't drink, listen. If you know of anybody that's ever drank alcohol, listen, because we're going to get into the depths of it. So, Sean, why don't you give us a little bit of context? Tell us what you do for a living and what's one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre? <clears throat> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, an electrician by trade. I've uh, really now in project management, but uh, come up through through the field, long apprenticeship, work in construction for about 15 years. Uh, before that, uh, worked with my my father in the his auto shop. He's a mechanic, and you know a lot of a lot of time spent in that environment. And uh, I guess one thing I don't know if I can follow up uh, better than. Um, you know, the, uh, the Matt on their show a couple weeks ago, digging for gold, but, uh, my Spotify playlist can very quickly go from Metallica and Pearl Jam to Taylor Swift and Megan Trainer in a hurry. So not a lot of people know that, but you know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm proud of it. Yeah. As you should be, man, that is your playlist. And believe me, there are worse things you could have said than those two and, I'm sure they're better and whatever, but you got me with the Metallica and the Pearl Jam, so we're good there. Um, so let's uh, let's tackle the drinking thing like right off the bat. As an electrician, there's somebody who's a contractor, just does work with your hands. I get that people can drink a lot. Uh, I grew up in an area that was very blue collar, so same thing where like people went, they did trades, they were contractors, they worked on houses or did whatever, and it was just so easy to at the end of the day, go, oh, fuck this, I want to go get a beer or nine and not think about the bullshit from the day. Uh, and now being in a situation where I've gone through corporate America as a business owner and all and primarily working from home, I found it's easy for myself to just go, huh, well, I've had a great day. Let me go get a drink or fuck, I've had a shit day. Let me go get a drink or any other reason because you're bored. But let's start from the beginning with you. Like, when you reflect back just on drinking in general and just habitual drinking, where did that start? And what did that look like for you in the beginning? So I think it started um, more with the example set for me um, when I was a child. Um, I had a decent upbringing. My parents were still together, um, but they, had, they were younger parents. I'm 38 and they're turning 60 this year. So they were 22. They had, you know, young lifestyle and they were just doing, you know, they were married, doing their thing. So they had a lot of friends, a lot of social. So I grew up, I'm the oldest of three, my two younger brothers. We, you know, we had seen a lot of people coming over, traffic in and out, just drinking, partying, listening to music. 
So I had a lot of influence early on with, you know, that environment. So there was always a stock of alcohol around. There was a bar cabinet. That's, you know, where things go. But we were also taught quite early how to mix a good drink. So, you know, rye and uh, whiskey and, and Coke or ginger ale or whatever the, you know, as my parents' drinking evolved, you know, he put a little bit of water in first, a splash of pop. Like we learned these things early on. So it kind of set me up for, you know, that in my life. I'm thinking once I get to a certain age or, you know, in Ontario, it's 19 years old. It was probably 17, 16 before when I got into it. You know, I had this laid out for me early on. This this was how I was supposed to do this. It was, you know, in abundance. It was socially. It was while you're camping. So that influence kind of led me early on into what I thought was how I was supposed to carry. And then, you know, college years and I evolved. People I was around, social acceptance and just expectation kind of led me from that early exposure to you know, my own habits, my own routines with how, with how I carried, right? You, you said getting out after work, going out with the guys, at a wedding, there was just this evolution of how I was supposed to be in a certain moment around, you know, having those drinks. Now, it's super interesting when you think of the environment that you're raised in um, and how it, it can affect you no matter what, but it doesn't have to dictate what you do. Now, it sounds like there were some tendencies that were there for you to want to fall in line with some of that stuff, not just like fall in and just drink your face off, but following the path of all of that. And sometimes there's a balance between, you know, like uh, mental health issues and just putting something away. Like I've thought oftentimes that typically when people go to bars, they just want to hang out and enjoy and not think of the things from the day. Where I'm the type, if I'm at a bar, I'm going to ask about your life and like what fucked up shit has happened and what trauma have you been through? And they're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Why do you keep asking me this? Uh, but did you feel like there were things that you were just, because how you were raised, that was just what you were going to end up becoming was just drinking? And is that different for you, social drinking, than it is the habitual and almost binge drinking? Uh, well, the way the, the evolution for me went was, was, you know, there was this happy place that I call it for me in like, you know, the 20 year old range where, you know, everyone around me, we knew everyone at the bar, all my friends were there. You never, you, you went just, you know, four or five times a week. It was this, this routine at that time of, you know, happy place. And it was almost like when that ended and, and I became the person that was, you know, with the group in the center of the bar to that person standing around the outside, staying with one hand in your pocket, the other hand holding a drink, you know, with the other people of that older age, um, you know, you start to, to feel a little bit different about it. And as that evolved, it's like I kept chasing how I felt at 20 years old, you know, being in the core of, of that environment and feeling at my, my greatest. Um, so you know, chase, chasing that, it was like when I was drinking for, you know, purpose, like I was at a function and it was, you know, I had a, a ride or plans to stay over or whatever. Um, it was like I had to, to get as much into me as I could to get back to that buzz or back to that state that, that I remembered from the, you know, those years ago. Like this was my greatest and most fun time doing this. And the only way to do this was to, you know, maybe not the pre-drink that I did in college, but there was definitely that, you know, abundance and quick drinking to kind of get to a point. And 
I didn't realize it, but I was never going to find it, right? I was never going to get back to that point. It was like, you know, even though every time I, you know, camping, I'd bring a lot more than I should and try do what I could to get through everything that I brought and, and then some, you know, I wasn't going to find that person that I felt like I was chasing. Yeah. What a, what a simple thing. Like when you think of chasing that high, you know, you keep chasing that high and to have that moment when you're in your young twenties to go, I remember that being the awesome time that we had, you know, you don't think about the morning after where you, you maybe wake up and you're like, who's around me? Then how much did we drink and what's going on? And especially as you get older, like in your 30s, especially as you're drinking, you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh my God, I need like, I don't know, gallons upon gallons of water and need probably 15 hours more sleep. And like your body just can't handle it. But when your mind is just trying to go after that same high, at what point was it that you went, fuck, that's it. I keep fucking going after this high and you step back from it. It was, it was, you know, accumulative. I had, you know, other things that were starting to, to pile up. I was, I was pushing 320 pounds and, you know, feeling very depressed and, um, you know, never having those extra, you know, thoughts, but like very toxic mental health. I was, um, feeling really shitty and, and it got to a point where I didn't realize that, that the drinking and, and what I was doing and overeating and all these things you know, there was parts of it that, that were compounding on the next. And, you know, to, to get to that point and, and use like, in, um, a starting point of say, January using that as a, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do try this. So, you know, when I wrote this, this book, this didn't start as, as a, a book I was going to, you know, put out there so everybody can, can read my, my vulnerabilities and, and what I went through. This was, this was mine. This was a journal that I kept and as I got that 320 pounds, you know, at the beginning of COVID 2020, where I was feeling the worst, I started writing these things down. I like, I, I beat myself up in this journal because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, you know, I knew what I had to do, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. I couldn't find that motivator or that thing to push me to, to learn what I had to do to get away from it. So, so for me, drinking was just that first thing that I felt led to these other things that I could, I could stop for a while. So this journal, when I got to dry January, January one, I did what I could to put it off. You know, January 1st, 2021 was a Saturday or something. So I wasn't going to start on a Saturday. That's like, I gotta, you know, I'm going to get to the, the fourth. So January 4th, finally it was like, okay, here I am. I got through this weekend. Holidays are over. That's my start. So that night i i drank a beer like last beer i'm like i'm gonna try this for a while i crushed the can i wrote the date on it i've got this in my my garage and, and right by my calendar where i you know keep my accountability tracked every day you know circle it for different things this cat can is right beside it with the date on it saying you know this is this was the last one in the moment i didn't know that was going to mean this much to me now now that it's been just over two years but then you know, i'm gonna try this so you know, using this journal, kind of tracking how shitty I felt and, and how I was not very nice. Um, it kind of led into different things I tried, right? I didn't do the research on how effective journaling can be. And I, I came from construction. 
like fuck I was going to talk to anybody about writing a journal. The second somebody at work or the fire hall, I want to volunteer fire department, as soon as anybody would find out, you know, I, I they would start to, to haze, question sexuality. Like I'd get all the shit and abuse from everybody in both of those two groups. So I wasn't telling anybody that I was working on myself. I started listening to podcasts. I was journaling. Like none of that came out. Um, which is awful, but it's the way it is. Um, so once, once I started setting up some rules for myself and in early on, you know, I didn't want to be, you know, out of the running. I didn't want people to say, I can't invite him cause he's just going to stand in the corner and drink his bottle from his water and judge everybody for what they're doing. You know, we can't have that guy because he's not fun. So, you know, early on without even knowing it, I, I put these rules in my journal that I was going to, you know, let myself still have fun. You know, I'm not going to sit in the corner and judge everybody. I'm going to, you know, try to be present. I'm going to, you know, I didn't want to be the designated driver. You know, all of a sudden, because I'm not drinking, I'm the guy driving everybody around. I, I established right away, like, no, I'm going to pay my share of the cab or I'm going to, you know, I'm still going to buy my rounds. Like, I don't want to feel that I'm not involved, but I just can't drink anymore. Like, I needed to take that January off. So as I started to learn more about, you know, habits and, and reading Atomic Habits and different different podcasts and listening to people, like, it, even listening to podcasts was not in the group I was in. Like, we weren't coming into work and in the lunch trailer talking about, you know, the Mindset Self Mastery Show podcast and how, like, all these cool things I learned and these great guests. It was you know, you're not talking about that. You're talking about how drunk you got the night before, how shitty you feel and what you're doing tonight. And so, you know, as I started to, to come out of that place, I was learning more about habits and 30 days wasn't enough. I didn't feel 30 days for me was enough. I've learned now, you know, more about it that it takes, you know, cycles of 21 days to break these habits. But in that moment, I'm going to do dry February. So February became 100 days. 100 days is the new thing. That'll help me. So once I got to 100 days, it was like, I don't really feel like going back. I don't really feel like having it again yet. And I don't want to lose the progress I've made in 100 days not drinking. What if I can do this for the whole year? So then it kind of got to a point I challenged myself. This is going to happen for this year. And then I'm going to see how I feel about it. And people didn't know what to do with that. Everyone around me, my circles, you know, second week into January, what do you mean you're not drinking? It's you're fine now. And they'd already given up on dry January. Well, no, I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm doing here. It's, it's, I'm committing to the 30 days. I'm committing to the hundred. I'm now committing to the year. So it, it was, it was hard for people around me to understand that I just wasn't going to be that way anymore. It's, it's powerful for you to go through that and bring that up and talk about it. <laughs> Set aside that you wrote a book and put the book out about it. Cause that's huge, man. But for the people that are listening to this that have thought, you know, I probably drank a little too much or yeah, the wife's told me you're drinking a little bit more or I feel like shit when I wake up, but they're probably in a similar spot or some sort of spot where there's that hesitance and that fear, you know, of like, oh, well, I don't know how to talk to these people about this or I don't want to be the weird dude standing in the corner that they think is judging. What advice do you give them now that you've gone through a couple years of that? That's actual loving advice, but still direct enough, you know? The, the biggest thing that I was caught up in 
And, you know, like any of these things you read, any of these things you listen to, you have to take what, what you can piece together, you know, what, what is going to work for your current situation. So what, what I found was that the people around me didn't give a shit as much as I thought they did about what was in my cup. They didn't, you know, you buy your round and you're like, oh, what do you mean you're not drinking? But then, you know, after that initial shock, call it, of, of like, you're just not going to be this way anymore... People weren't as worried about what I was drinking as, as I thought they were. I was more worried about it than they were. And I was always, because I, you know, I was brought up socially with drinking. Like, I, I didn't get into it. Like I said, like, we were never allowed when I was a kid. It wasn't that there was, you know, that kind of, a, a, you know, abuse growing up. But, like, it was always around. So, you know, I grew up with this is acceptable. This is This is cool. This is expected. So... I always made sure to buy my round. I wasn't, you know, far, far off from, from being my turn. And, you know, it was important to play the game properly because that was the way I was taught. So to not drink anymore, I had to relearn all those things. Like, I still wanted to, to contribute to the evening. Um, at, in the beginning, you know, I we were going to somebody's house and it was, it was um, you know, I was going to take some shit and abuse. So I went and I bought a bottle of whiskey. To bring with me i wasn't gonna drink it I, I bought a few you know sparkling waters or whatever just because i needed a mechanism there and i didn't want to go to the zero percents right away i wanted to you know get rid of that feeling that i had to but you know i showed up with a bottle of whiskey and the, nobody was giving me any shit you know here you go boys like let's let's you know hang out but it was like because i brought that i didn't have to take the the shit and abuse that that i you know, might have if I just showed up with a couple of sparkling waters. But the advice would be just, you know, I was more worried about it than they were. And I think that's that's probably true. Like you just, you get into that habit, that routine of doing anything, but drinking specifically, and you just feel more like they're worried about it or feel like yeah, you have to do it. Well, there's a lot to this. I mean, if we start to break this down at kind of a macro level, like the fact that there's that toxicity of anybody saying anything it's not coming from a healed place it's like if you talk to somebody and you're like hey i don't drink anymore and they drink if they're healed and they've gone through their stuff and they process through it i can almost guarantee they're probably going to congratulate you instead of like fucking questioning you of all things because typically those people that do that they're hurting inside and they're also concerned that you brought up some sort of pain that they don't want to deal with they don't want to have to go through. So for you to look at that and start to make those changes, there are some things that you'd even talked about with the journaling and things of that sort that, again, were kind of outside what everybody was looking at and did not feel that pressure. How did you manage your mindset to understand like, well, even if I just stand here with a red solo cup, it's something. But to be able to get past it and go, I don't give a fuck what other people are thinking. This is for my health. It once people got over the fact that you know it's now february and i'm still not doing it i think they started to take it seriously you know the, the groups i was in it's like okay he, he means it so so it became as time went on after that a little more i don't want to say acceptable but a little more accepted you know i guess they they were used to it it was it was not that uh strange anymore so as as, as i was doing that it was I had to teach myself how to, to, to be in those environments and not have it because it was me that felt uncomfortable. Um, and 
needing to have something. I didn't want to, like I said, I didn't want to go to the zero percents and the near beers and the things because while it tastes the same, that's an addiction part. Say there definitely was some addiction for me there. It wasn't just that, you know, as much as it was a habit that I have it in the moment and hold something while we're talking and sip as we go and repeat. It was, you know, there was, there was, there was an addiction there. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it because I was chasing that 20 year old version of myself. So, you know, as, as, as I started to get away from having that beer in my hand, I still needed to kind of, I was, there was an awkwardness. So, um, I got, you know, I, I bought one of those or had one of those Yeti cups, just a coffee mug. And that became kind of like my, my safety blanket. It was like, I could hold this and I could pour anything I want into it. And it's not like it's a blatant 0% because, I mean, you can tell, right? So what these cans and these, these things look like. So it was like, I wasn't drinking that bottle of water. I wasn't drinking that Gatorade. You know, if I put it in a red solo cup, it was, it was on my terms. It was, I could drink whatever I want out of this thing. Everybody around me is still comfortable because it feels like I'm, I'm in the moment, but I'm also comfortable because, you know, I'm doing what I want to do, but I'm, I'm doing it while I look like I belong here. Yeah. Well, you'd also brought up addiction. I think that's a key thing to point out to the audience specifically. We're not blasting alcohol. We're not. It's straight up. It's an addiction. If you're addicted to something, you have to do something to get out of the addiction. Like there are people that can drink and be fine. There are people that have drinks every so often. And it's, I think often about uh, all things being in moderation and kind of finding that balance. But you got to be fucking aware enough to understand if you can't find that balance, get the fuck out of there. Stop. And if you have a hard time with it, do things that can help you with that. So why don't you break down a little bit of what that looked like for you to actually start to walk through. All right, I have a, I, I've realized I have an addiction. I'm going to do these things. But what did that look like to actually do that, to put this in place? It was, so once I had committed to it, and, and like I said, it wasn't, I didn't realize how addicted or how uh, used to drinking and the routine I had with drinking, I didn't realize how um, hooked I was. I didn't realize how it was affecting me. But once I started to avoid it and do something else, right, have, do something else, get more clarity, um, different mindset, I was remembering certain things, not nights, but, you know, tendencies. Like, you know, the Pink Whitney came out. It was this big thing. Canada, I'm on Ontario. It took us a lot longer to get it here. But I was I was putting that stuff with other mixed drinks, Mike's Hard Lemonades, and, like, there was mi mixing drinks with other drinks. And, you know, COVID, Ontario was a lot. Like, we were shut down like everybody else, but it seemed... You know, watch the news, it was even worse here, but you know, you always get to the liquor store. Um, you know, there was nothing else to do. So it, it got even worse for me in that environment. And and once I once I established that and you know, I started to work work through these things and, and came up with my rules for myself, right? This wasn't about what my wife wanted, this wasn't about what anybody else wanted. This was this was I needed to make some sort of change. So as I started to get away from it. And I implemented these things that that ended up working for me. Um, you know, I started to think like about these other moments and and put it together that that I had this toxic routine that I needed to do certain things. You know, order that pizza in the evening, uh, chips all night, snacks all the time, over drinking, drink the next day. Um, 
and that like leading to be 320 pounds like it just wasn't it wasn't a happy place at all for me and and as i started to get away from it and listening to more podcasts learning more things you know i i, I ended up changing this this habit thing that for drinking and i i did that with everything like i wasn't happy how long, how often i was brushing my teeth you know, so I started on the calendar, circling it two times a day in the morning and at night. And all of a sudden, I'm 100 days through that. And then, you know, I, I, I went to um, start drinking more water. So, you know, I'm going to drink this jug of water. I'm going to do this every day. So circle or X the calendar off every single day. And now I've got to 100 days of that. And once I got to 100 days, like I didn't even need to put on the calendar anymore. This was just what I did now. And it didn't feel like I was making this giant tra drastic change. And I know the science is behind this, but like I was learning these things slowly as I go and just trying things out, doing what kind of worked. And, and then as I, you know, cause listening to podcasts and audiobooks, um, I, I have a 45 minute commute to work and, and back. So, you know, I got tired of the same radio all the time. Like I needed to make more use of the time. So I was listening to all this stuff and, you know, Mel Robbins, Tony Robbins and all these people. And, and I was, was learning so much, but, but to get into that, I first started finding stuff that I could relate to. You know, I was looking up, you know, Kobe Bryant talking about, you know, his mindset. I'm listening to um, Terry Crews and Jim Carrey and, and these people that, you know, whether I could relate to a character or just, I knew who they were. I found myself drawn to those people first because somehow I could relate to who they were or who I thought they were. And then they would, they would talk about somebody else and somebody else. And all of a sudden I'm in this wormhole of now I'm, I'm listening or reading, you know, the mindset book you've got in the background there and loving it. And then posting about it on socials to say, everyone that's not doing this needs to read this book and everybody like listen to these podcasts and just, feeling so motivated in every other area, you know, I've lost a hundred pounds now and, and, and I've, I've managed to maintain these things and just as simple as, as writing it on my calendar to keep track, feeling that I need to maintain it every day, right? And small shit, like brushing my teeth, that's so small, but all of a sudden, like I'm doing it as much as they say I should be doing it or drinking water as much as I should. And, and this was more for me than alcohol but that was a huge start to allow me to have a the, a the the right mindset to try these other things and to stay consistent with these other things yeah and you pointed out about um reading atomic habits and that book has come up many many times in fact it's back there uh, it's come up many times on on the episodes of the show and i find it so interesting how one of the core concepts of the incremental growth and that almost downhill that you get as you start to do things and start to stack them upon each other, like for you to go, all right, well, I'm going to stop drinking because that's kind of the issue. And then, you know, by the way, <laughs> my breath stinks at different times. And, you know, I should probably brush my teeth twice a day and like getting into that. Or once you start to pack that on and pack that on and pack that on, doesn't it make things easier as you start to move into other things? Because you already have that momentum. Yeah, it, it definitely makes things easier. It, you know, once you see some success, um, and something is small and that I, you know, dental hygiene is what it is. I, I say that not because I was proud of, you know, maybe missing days. It was like, that just is an example of how small 
these things can be that give you so much momentum for the next thing and the next thing. You know, all of a sudden you start to see a little bit of success, you know, you lose five pounds and in a hurry when you, you know, you start eating a bit better and all of a sudden that's 50 pounds and you're like six months into your life that you would have never done this if you didn't, you know, have that momentum and have that mindset, you know, created from, you know, those small wins. And um, I've, since these last two years, you know, I drive the same to work all through, you know, whatever COVID was those two years. You know, I've listened to almost a hundred audio books and hours and hours of podcasts and I've read like I, I construction, I was construction. I don't read, we don't talk about books. I've, I've read over, you know, 50 books in two years and, and all the stuff that I tried that I didn't even realize was what they tell you you should be doing. But I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't think I wanted because I was the, I was the tough guy, right? I was, we weren't talking about this shit because you got to have that tough guy mentality. You're a construction guy and you're whoever, and and, you know, you've got to be that tough man and you just got to suck it up and deal with it. Well, you know, you learn these things and, and I, in the beginning didn't want Dr. So-and-so as smart and, and as intelligent and as correct as they were, that wasn't, I wasn't going to listen to that. So this book, when, when I got through about nine, 10 months, it was October, 2021. Um, I was on, I was on a guy's weekend. You know, we went to Niagara Falls, guys from work. It was real shitty summer, really busy. So the core of us just decided to go and, you know, they were all drinking and on the way, buddy was like, you know, oh, you're gonna have a drink with us. No, that's not what I'm doing. Well, your wife's not here. Well, yeah, that's fine, but I'm not, I'm not doing this for her. In the background, I was, you know, secondary, absolutely. Her and my wife, my kids, like, it became so that that relationship is so much better. But, like, in the moment, people couldn't understand, even at that point, that it wasn't that I was forced to do it. This is what I wanted this. But on that, on that guy's trip, one of my, you know, work friends was like, you know, oh, man, like, how's, how's this going? And he's on, he's drinking a double tequila slammer or something or other. But then he's like, how is this going? And it was genuine. I said, fuck, I could write a book. And I had 10 months of journaling, but I was like, in that moment, I was like, you know, I I could write a book. Like I had all this content that I had absorbed since I started this, you know, just being open and not feeling so tough and asking, you know, questions and being transparent. So I started to to take this journal that, that I wrote and putting it in a format that someone else could read where my mind was at in the beginning through to the end of that year, right? Because it, it, this is 120 pages. I didn't want to read books in the beginning. Not that I hadn't, but, you know, on purpose. But like a 400, 500 page book, Atomic Habits is one of my top books, but it's, 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 it's intimidating if you're not a reader. So for someone like my old self, Ed Milet says, and I think he got it from someone else, you're the most qualified to help your former self. This book is out there for my former self. And I know this isn't unique. I know this is a struggle for a lot of people. And I want to put this out there for people like me that aren't going to find or, you know, have a hard time finding this version with all of the other content that's out there. You know, find that person that, that's in that moment that feels the most shitty, that's not going to journal because his buddies are going to call him gay. You know, put that out there so that, you know, that is, is available for the person like me that was looking for that, you know, 120 pages, it's small, I can get through it and then feel, feel motivated in the end that, you know, this guy did this and 
you know, I at least want to give it a shot. Yeah. And I think you nailed it too. Like it's not for everybody, but it's for the people that are like you and those people that can read along with that and be part of that. Like I know straight up, I am not for everybody. I'm sure there are people that may hear the show and go, fuck that guy right off the bat. And other people that absolutely love, but that's fine because that's the purpose to it. And as long as you're doing what you're called to do and you feel that you're speaking specifically, authentically to the you from before, that's huge. And look, somebody told me a while ago from a coach to a coach, they were like, all you, all you need to do is just be a couple steps ahead because those couple steps could be the steps that change somebody's life. And it's a matter of just them taking that first step to go, hey, I think I might have a problem. All right, maybe I can read something. Maybe I can explore something, kind of like what you did. So the book's on Amazon, right? And it's everywhere else, correct? It's it's on Amazon. So I self-published. Um, I'd hired someone to help me, you know, with all my editing and, and marketing and stuff. So, so it's definitely been through the ringers. Um, but it's on Amazon. It's on... Uh, Barnes and Noble, the bookstores, I don't believe they're stocking it in store, but it's definitely available online. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's out there. And, you know, coming from my background with construction and coming from those places and deciding to put this out there, you know, there was parts of that that were, they were difficult for sure. But, you know, thinking about the, the greater purpose, the greater good and, you know, what, what someone can do, but, you know, all of that intimidation that was in my mind from, from the, the, the sectors that I worked in and where my circles were coming from, you know, a lot of the reassurance that, that came out after, you know, once, because for me to put this out there was just, it blew people away. Like you, you wrote a book and it's about this. Um, but like the, the, the people that have reached out that I worked with before, you know, that I've had drinks with before that see this and have said, like, keep this going. You know, stuff I've shared on social just to say, like, this is making a difference. You don't realize it, but people are seeing this and, like, just saying, good job. You know, to have these, like, other tough guys that, I, that I've worked with and, have, like I said, drank with, just to say these things. It's like, okay, well, I, I know this is hitting the right place. I need, I need to keep going. I need to keep doing this. So when that happens, how does it, how does it make you feel and what does it make you want to do? It, it makes me feel great, right? Like I have to, you know, this, this was, this was me. I wanted this. Um, but by, by going through this and, and accepting that we're all dealing with things, right? We're all dealing with our own versions of this and versions of other things. But, you know, to, to, to put stuff like this out there to say, like, I come from these backgrounds, I'm this person, and this is what I went through for the benefit of, of anybody else that, that feels the same and can say like, you know what, he's talking about it. That means I can talk about it too. I can not drink and I can say that to my friends and I can say, you know what guys, this is just what I feel like doing. And then they'll come around or they won't. Right. Like I was fortunate. My friends, like in the background here, I had like one of my best friends, he was in my wedding. He, he was getting married. He, I was in his wedding and, um, we had all these functions, you know, the, the fittings and the bachelor parties and all these things. Well, his wedding was delayed from COVID from a time when I was drinking to now he was going to have it, but I'm not drinking now. And we used to drink all the time. So in the background, while I'm doing all this stuff, my buddy's getting married and every function, you better fucking drink at my wedding. Like probably like we're still great friends, but like in the moment, 
he didn't understand as others didn't how like how to deal with me in this new version of what I was trying to do. So you better fucking drink at my wedding. Every time I heard that it was like a dagger. And he didn't even know that. But because I felt that I had to be the guy buying the shots and cheersing at his wedding the way he did for me, like there was a lot of pressure I put on myself there. And I didn't know how to tell him that I was committing to a year. I didn't know how to say to, to my buddy that, you know, this isn't about a hundred days anymore. You know, this is good. This is this year. And, and I'm sorry, but your wedding's important to me and I'm not going to miss it and I'm going to have a good time, but I'm just not going to drink. And up until the wedding, even the day of, and his wedding was September. So this was nine months into this journey. Um, he still thought I was going to come around. I was still going to have those shots and, um, it just, it didn't, it didn't happen. And, and, you know, he's great now and, and he was great then, but just, he, he understands now, but there was a, a lot of anxiety that I went through because I felt that I had to, to live up to what him and other people wanted from me or that I, that felt that I had to, to be. And, you know, it was, it was definitely one of the hardest things, just, just staying firm with, with what I wanted. But to, to your question, how does it make me feel when people give me that? It's, it's reassurance that it was worth it, that, you know, putting the, the, the extra in and, and, you know, sticking to what I wanted by not drinking at the wedding and by, you know, every function that came up standing with, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm getting to the year and, uh, you know, beyond, I didn't know when I put this out, but I didn't want to go back and, you know, finding, you know, having, sorry, having these people come back and say, this is, this is great. You need to keep going. It's like, you know what? That was hard, but this is worth it. You know, these, this, this person, even if, you know, and it doesn't even have to be that people don't drink. I'm not asking anybody to not, it could be anything, right? It could be brushing your teeth. It's just the, the, the ways to correct the habits, the ways to, 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 you know, change your mindset, to not feel like you have to be the tough guy anymore. And you can ask for help and you can use the resources and, you know, those things are there for a reason. Don't feel like you can't do it because it's going to be a lot harder once the bad habits compound enough that that it makes it more difficult to come back from. Yeah, and, and you'd mentioned about the the pressure, the external pressure specifically. But let's spin that a little bit and look at the internal pressure because, again, for the audience that's listening and thinking, all right, well, if, I'm, if I were to stop drinking or if I were to stop doing the thing that I was doing, fuck, what if I fail? What if I drink again? What, why even start it at that point? And I'm, I can guarantee you've had those thoughts because that's what happens when you go through that stuff. So speak to that for us, please. So when, when I started, this was, this was a new year's resolution. And, and as much as we're in that moment right now, you know, there's probably people that have set these resolutions that never got started. You know, there's people that probably I've already given up no matter what it is. Right. I, I was this guy. I was, that was me. I would set these things up, whatever it be. And, and I would have this resolution. I'd give up and, you know, I'd go back to it. So, you know, if it was drinking, I decide not to drink and buddies are like, hey, let's go drink. Oh, okay. Fuck it. I'm done with that. Now that was a fun two weeks. Let's do this. Um, I wanted it bad enough that I didn't let, you know, that, that pressure, but the news resolution thing is just too big. It's, it's on a pedestal. 
it's it's celebrated by everyone on the like everyone out there that that's promoting this new me new year thing and and i want everyone that that does that to be successful right if you set a goal hit that goal do what you can to get that goal but if you fall off even for you know one one minute you don't have to wait until january to start it again right but to set that goal if that's 20 days if you made it 20 days on whatever it is you want to work on for me like if it was drinking 20 days well next time i'm going to try for 21 right don't let the fact that that you had a, a slip you know get rid of the fact that you made that much progress right next time it could be you get to 21 and you do three more months right so then your new goal for me i was like i I was, you know, there was different things I was working on. Anytime I didn't succeed on, on something I was working on, it's like, okay, well now I need to, now I'm going to beat that. Like working out for me, I thought like, I'm going to set 10 minutes a day because I'm going to do something physical for 10 minutes a day. Well, when I was working in the field, that was a lot easier because it's a, you know, electrician constructions hands on. But when I got promoted and I started working in the office, I'm sitting at the computer for eight hours, nine hours a day. So 10 minutes a day for me in the evenings, I would let myself slip. You know, I'd, I'd not do it. As small as it was, I wouldn't do it. I didn't give up. You know, I, I tried again the next day and I'd get it. And then I'd mark it on the calendar. You know, my calendar, um, I'm, I'm going to post pictures on my socials, but like I've got a calendar. There is circles and slashes and marks and X's and dots. Everything to me meant something different. But if someone came through my garage, where, like we, our house is attached to the, to the garage, so we come through there, treat it like a mudroom. Um, I come through the garage. I've got this calendar, beer cans beside it. I've got all these little not notches and marks on the calendar. Everyone means a, a different thing. To somebody walking through, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't say on there that I'm not drinking, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm doing whatever. Those mean something to me, and that's all that's important. Now, somebody coming through there doesn't need to add pressure to me to keep going. I got that on myself. So, you know, marking these things on the calendar every day, the gym or working out in the garage, 10 minutes, you know, if I missed a day, I put that goal back on that. Okay. I'm going to not miss two days. I'm going to then try to get three days in a row. And there was for that one, that was probably the, my hardest one was staying consistent there. And it was just getting back on, you know, keep, keep that going by trying again. And don't wait till next January to, to feel like you have that motivator to get going. Yeah, it's like a fresh day at that point. The next day, just pick it up, try it again, and don't beat the hell out of yourself. And that's great stuff, man. So hey, where can uh, where can people find you and where can they connect with you? Uh, so I've got my, my website. It's, it's evolving. Um, um, so it's seanrobinson.ca, S-E-A-N-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N.ca. And uh, there's links there for my book. There's um, kind of some background information, some testimonials. Um, I've been doing a few podcasts. I think I'm up to a dozen or so now. And I've been on a few radio shows. And um, I was in uh, uh, published in a magazine here, here lately. So you know, I'm going to post all these media things on there. I'm going to put some frequently asked questions. Um, one thing I learned, you know, with my commute and all the all the content that I've absorbed. Not everybody has that time in their life to do that. So I want to put some frequently asked questions on there. So anybody that, you know, wants to, to, to learn a bit more that, that doesn't have the time or, you know, listens to, to your show but doesn't listen to another show, they, they might get, you know, a little bit more out of it. Um, so my website, 
Um, Facebook, I'm on Facebook, uh, Going Dry. I've got a you know a, a themed page there that I try and share as much as I can and, and kind of some updates and and things. And then um, I'm just working on kind of evolving from there. LinkedIn. That's awesome, man. Well, look, I appreciate you being on. Before I let you go, what's that one piece of advice you'd give somebody that's on their path towards self mastery? I think uh, I've touched on it a bit, but but don't feel like you can't do it. Um, we can all do it, uh, no matter what it is. Just you just the hardest part is getting started, and and keep it small, one small thing, compound it every day. You add a little bit to it as as you feel comfortable, and all of a sudden, you know, you're down a hundred pounds. You're two years sober, and and you're you're giving back to the person that used to be you that that could use a little kick in the ass. What a Great way to end this episode. A little kick in the ass. Man, I appreciate being on, Sean, and thank you for doing what you're doing and sticking true to what you what you feel is right and uh, being open and honest with us, man. So thank you so much for being on today. Thanks, Nick. You do a great job. Everybody uh, you know, everybody benefits with, uh, with you at the helm, putting this stuff out there too. I appreciate that, man. Thank you, Sean. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So what did you think of the show today? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. Check out the show notes for more info from today's episode and check out other episodes on the mindset and self mastery show.com as well as our youtube channel just go to youtube and look up the mindset and self mastery show thanks again to our incredible guests for being real honest and vulnerable with us today i'd like to thank our sponsors and most importantly i'd like to thank you thank you for hanging out with us today your support means the world to us and with that remember your mindset matters and so do you <laughs>